Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And good morning, New Jersey. Welcome. It is Thursday, July 30th, the last uh, Thursday in the merry month of July. I'm Bob Williams. Welcome to the Jim Gerhardt Podcast. And here he is, Jim Gerhardt. How you doing, Jim? (laughs) Okay, thank you. Here we go. The Bobsy Twins once again. Setting out on a great adventure in uh, in broadcasting. Uh, this is, as you said, this is the what next to the last day of the month going by. Some of the stuff going on. Uh, the the uh, interesting. I saw a thing this morning that said that they're fearing a resurgence now of the virus, which had been pretty much under control. New Jersey done a very good job, and then all of a sudden it's back because of these gatherings, these mass gatherings we're having. And the first one, remember the, the, the kids, they were at 50 or so at some kind of a party jammed in together. And then when they tried to, the authorities tried to do tracing on those who, who came down with it, the parents, nobody would cooperate. Right. The contact uh, tracing that they. The contact tracing. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think much of what's going on here is just human stupidity. And I, I don't know, you know how one deals with that. You get the two states now, first ones to open up, which would be Florida and Texas, which if perfectly legitimately, their governors let them out. Everybody was screaming to, you know, get out of the closet here and go out. But they said, OK, but do this. You can go, but just follow these rules. Well, nobody followed the rules. A few people did. So we're right back, you know, where we started again. So uh, I don't know what, what in New Jersey. I uh, oh, I. Uh, just before we get into some of the meat of this, things we wanted to talk about, uh, there was another case yesterday, I think it was in one of the western states, of a person who left a child or a baby in a car and it died. There have been 14 so far across the country, none in New Jersey. We had two cases in New Jersey of people who left uh, children in cars, but it was not supposedly an intentional thing. These 14 people purposely left children in a car and went off to cavort about and to the end of the, the, the child. So for heaven's sakes, please don't do that. Uh, there, there's a limit to how much stupidity, you know, one can, one can encompass in the mind. There, there's so much just uh, the basic problem we have is, uh, is ignorance, I think. So uh, like Pogo Possum said, the uh, we have met the enemy and the enemy is us. Right. So there I, I uh, mentioned to you earlier this morning. Now, I'm not sure where I got this information. I uh, think possibly one of Kurt Vonnegut's novels. He was an Indiana novelist. And uh, in some of his novels, he had Indiana history or possibly some thing I read years ago or some documentary. But I got a pretty good picture of it. Now, we have the progressive left in this country who is moving toward socialism. That's no secret and that's no accusation. This is what they say they're doing. And they want to, quote, dismantle the system, which means dismantling the Constitution, essentially, which is the what owner's manual for the system. Uh, but getting back to this, this socialist I don't know if people know this. Did you, Neil Bob, that there was a socialist experiment in this country years ago? No, I, I'm, I'm interested in you um, explaining that to us. You said it was a miserable failure, right? Uh, what happened was this was in the state of Indiana. 
and it was called New Harmony. And these people got together to sort of synopsize this as best I can recall. Uh, this was back in the 1800s. And a whole large congregation of people got together and they set up a socialist, their term, uh, community. And uh, so everybody was equal. That's one of the basic things. There was all right off the bat, the redistribution of wealth. Everybody got the same thing from the pot, you know, every payday, whenever it was. And uh, there was no private property that was eliminated. Now, these are the two first keystones of a socialist regime is the elimination of private property, ownership of private property and the uh, distribution of wealth. And, and that sounds good. Everybody says, whoa, 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 we're going to get, everybody's going to be the same. Everybody's going to be happy and, and peaceful and fine and nobody will want. Well, it just doesn't work out that way. And for reasons that it's never worked out in the world where it's been tried. Therefore, it's difficult to see the need for trying it again here because eventually there'll be a revolution against that as there always is. And we'll be right back where we are. So anyway, the thing is at, at New Harmony, uh, it, existed for a very short period of time, and then it just fell apart. Now, it died, they said, the head person who'd formed it said, it died because of the lack of doers. Because what happened was, with the equal distribution of wealth, you got paid the same, and you got fed the same, and housed the same, no matter whether you worked or didn't work. Everybody got the same thing. So obviously, very quickly, people figured out, well, I don't have to go out there and and hoe the cornfield. <laughs> I can sit here uh, and, and I get the same as the guy who went out there and worked all day. It's basically uh, one of the premises in uh, Orwell's Animal Farm. Remember that? That the uh, the pigs were pretty much exempt from everything because they were a superior. They were more equal. Said so everybody's equal, but we are more equal. Some people are more equal. But anyway, then they left the horse. Poor horse had to do all the work. And of course, that naturally broke him down and did him in while everybody else lolled around. So this was the same sort of a thing. Now, I'm just going to read you the conclusion of the person who had started this. He said, all socialist schemes that provide equal uh, recompense to the skilled and industrious as to the ignorant and the idle must work its own downfall. The... Uh, they uh, they must of necessity eliminate the valuable members and retain only the improvident, unskilled, and vicious. Uh, in other words, it fell apart because it was there's no difference. I mean, why go out there and bust your tail <laughs> if you're going to get the same check on payday as the guy was out there working all day? So or more, more in some cases. Yeah, well, there again, you see there's a certain parallel here you might make with this distribution now of the increased uh, unemployment benefits that uh, you can make more sitting waiting for the government check than the old job that you had. But apparently human, na human nature is going to jump at that every time. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I just thought I would mention that because I thought it was rather interesting. The, uh, the sort of the course of this and it. it uh, it's, it's, it's rather sad to think that we have to look forward to going through that on a national scale and then end up. You know something, uh, we, we do have the election coming up. Gosh, there's so many things to say. Uh, it, it would seem that 
the strategy of the progressive wing or the leadership of the Democratic Party in this country has chosen to put public health in the back seat or on the back burner, if you want, uh, in favor of civil chaos or disturbance. Because look what's happening with these cities now that are being pretty much torn apart with this disorder. Uh, they are all under the what the leadership or the rule, if you want, of democratic political machine or political organizations. So it would appear almost, and again, I don't have any inside information on this, but would appear the word has gone down. Look, sit back to the local Democrats from the top. Uh, and, and of course, everybody at the lower levels wants to jump and hear the, their belt buckle hit the floor when the tire up say poo. Uh, they want to keep this disturbance going and the underlings want to stay in good favor with the party because someday they want to be up there. So the word goes down to the mayors and the, and the establishments, keep this thing going, keep it going because this will sort of uh, polarize people. It'll cause such uh, what confusion and, and discord before the election that it'll work in our favor in unseating Trump because as the campaign goes on, of course, they're going to blame him for the whole thing anyway. This is part of the, uh, the fascist technique is that you do despicable things, but you always end up yelling that, uh, that it was your victim who did it. So that, that's pretty common. But uh, it would seem that this seems to be the strategy now because you see this mob action going on and on and on. There's no end game. Have you seen one, Bob, that, that they say, OK, we're going to stop if you do this? No, I think it's just uh, it's just anarchy. Just run amok. It's yeah. uh, it, has but, nothing but it, with, it has nothing it, to do with peaceful protest. These are not protesters. These are criminals. And well, but, but again, again, the government is is supporting it, is encouraging it, really making excuses. But I think the only reason I can see to keep this going is the fact that it will going into what, what are we 90 days away or something from a presidential election about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And somehow this is going to any, uh, be blamed on this administration like they do with the, uh, the response to the virus. It was uh, it was Trump's fault. This is almost an impersonal thing in a sense, because this is what despots do. <laughs> they 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 do crazy criminal things and then say the victims did it. You get that with the anti-fascist fascists, these uh, progressive goon squads that are out there and they're blaming middle aged people who get beaten up because they had a Trump hat on. They say they caused the disturbance. They attacked us. Well, unfortunately, as we have established about 10 minutes ago, the American people turn out to be unfortunately very good people, very good hearted people, very generous people, but dumb as gourds. So here we are with that situation. Yeah. I, uh, I tell you, I'm being a little pushy on the dance floor this morning. What do you have for us? Well, I think the big uh, concern about a lot of people here in New Jersey is the uh, status of the return to schools. What's going to happen in the fall? What's going to happen in what a matter of weeks now for some school districts? Uh, still no uh, concrete uh, plan being announced by the state house, the government. I mean, there's a couple of things being floated out there, uh, possibly doing a hybrid type instruction where two groups of students will go on alternate days to the school like an A and a B, and then the fifth day of the week will be uh, switched off each week 
to keep the uh, school uh, sizes down, the classes down, and the social distancing orders. And there's a bill uh, being introduced now. Mike Simons has a great article at nj1015.com about a bill being introduced, being backed by the NJEA, that says nobody is ready to go back to school and we need to remain completely on remote learning. So that is one. Um, that's the mm -hmm. other side of the uh, of the argument. And Governor Murphy is uh, coming in right in the middle. He is not uh, committed, but he is saying that not everybody has the ability to stay home. I mean, a lot of you know, you know, I somehow it, it, I get a little twinge or something here, feeling that I I, I find myself agreeing with the NJEA. Huh. In twenty six years on the air, I've never agreed with the NJEA. I do now. I think I think I, I would have to go along with their plan. As long as people are so damn stupid, they are not going to follow the elemental, basic, logical rules of this. And we know that because now, as I said, they fear a resurgence of this virus. The numbers are up in a state that was doing very, very well yeah. as compared with other states. New Jersey was doing quite well. And all of a sudden, here we get these huge mass gatherings. And you know people are going to contract this. And then it comes back again. And in, in fact, it's coming back now, but then they expect a fall resurgence on top of that. Right. So it would seem to me that if you want to move in the, uh, in the direction of prudence, what you have suggested that the NJEA is promoting. Look, I don't think the teachers want to get the virus either. No, I think that's maybe we've forgotten about that whole side of the education right. equation. And if the kids miss a, a semester of school, they aren't learning that much in there anyway, many of them. And at least there'd be less indoctrination, <laughs> you, you could argue, especially if the college campuses followed that. Dan, uh, Dan Alexander uh, is doing an article today about Lakewood. And Lakewood apparently is uh, planning to go back to 100% in-person instruction in the schools. Uh, uh, one of the reasons being that... Uh, Many of the uh, residents in Lakewood are service workers, blue-collar people that cannot afford to have their children at home while they're working. They don't have the facilities or the, uh, or the means to do that, and therefore, they need to get their kids back to school 100%, and it's uh, going to be very, very interesting on how that plays out. Well, since that's Lakewood, I think that's a good possibility. That's a cover story to keep this education system they have going in which they have what uh, everybody goes to a different private shul and they all have to have a bus for each one. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just this huge waste going on in it. Uh, I, uh, there are ideas all over the place for this, but I think nobody knows what to do. This is, uh, I guess, the government leaves like somebody sitting on a horse going in all directions at once or yeah. trying to. Um, but um, a lot of things are being canceled. The the uh, well, the sports, the high school sports, the NJSIAA, they are still set to uh, start their sports schedules on a truncated basis in uh, late September, early October. So it'll be a shortened season for many school districts. Uh, I don't know if we missed this last week. Carteret had announced that all of their school uh, fall sports programs are canceled, and that's the only one I think we know of so far of the uh, school districts that have canceled outright canceled their. Uh, sports programs for the fall. So I think we're still up in the air to see what's going to happen with this, but I think we're yeah, waiting we, for more, uh, you know, more legislation to come through to, to make the call, make the hard call on this. 
Well, this, this is the thing. People criticize saying, you know, where's our leadership in this? Well, I think the leadership is about as confused as anybody else. Nobody knows exactly what's going on, except we do know that many people are not going to be responsible. Right. Uh, I think it was a good example of leadership in New Jersey and Florida and Texas and uh, uh, Georgia to release some of the restrictions uh, a month or so ago. And let people go out and enjoy the outdoors. But what did people do? They just totally ignored the basic rules of behavior, the congregation. And, of course, in New Jersey, they're doing the same thing. So if the people, the, the people are not trustworthy or intelligent enough to take care of themselves sensibly, I, it's very hard to blame the leadership. Right. But um, and, and to, to your point, uh, moving over to uh, professional sports and as far as people not being responsible in behavior, uh, the, as of this uh, taping here, the Miami Marlins, who have been they've suspended their games because many of the uh, players and a couple of staff have uh, tested positive for covid. That also affects the Phillies. But apparently uh, the words coming out that a couple of the players had gone out on the town in Atlanta a few weeks ago when the teams were playing uh, an exhibition series in Atlanta. And as the uh, article goes, I think USA Today, one of the writers uh, wrote that um, that uh, the players were very careless and they brought the uh, the infection back to the uh, clubhouse. And that's mm -hmm. how that spread like wildfire. So it's well, uh, it's 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 a matter of you, you got to play it safe. You got to do it for the public's good, I guess. Right. Well, this is very true, except if the public will not follow the rules. That, that is the, the pig-headedness of the public. Not every, obviously not everybody in the public, but certainly a large percentage of them. What do you think of this, uh, what do you think of this uh, party at Jackson this past week? Somebody rented out their house uh, for an Airbnb, and the renter had a, a party with 700 people at this house. 700, I don't even think I know 700 people that I would invite to a party, but let alone 700 people converging on a, on a one property in, in this time and, and uh, situation. It's just incredible. Well, I, again, I rest my case about pig-headedness of the American public. H.L. Mencken, my hero, the great journalist of years uh, you know, past, once said, no one ever went broke overestimating the vulgarity of the American people. Right. <laughs> so, or, or in this case, I, I, it, it's, some, it gets very discouraging at times because you sit and you try to think and reason things out. Uh, critical thinking is almost a dead issue. Do you know there are books, and I have a couple of copies here going back to the 90s, a book called The Death of Common Sense. Then there was the death of common sense, too. <laughs> and then other people writing on the same thing. And this was when political correctness was coming in. Yeah. I don't know how people in this country became so adulpated. Have no idea. Yeah. But uh, again, you see, this plays into the hands of the uh, totalitarian government, the, the new socialism. Right. Because you do these things at gunpoint. Because yeah. it's for the common good of the people. Yeah. Uh, again, H.L. Mencken once said, or he was talking about Congress, and he said, even a United States senator, if felled repeatedly with a bung starter, would eventually get up and use his head. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know where you, I, I want to shift a gear here. <clears throat> a couple of things I just wanted to mention. 
uh, and th this relates uh, to, to uh, the political scene, but I did want to throw it out there so uh, people could think about it and be obvious here. There was a big move on the part of the left, of the progressives, the Democrats, to include illegal people in the country illegally in the 2020 census. You've seen that, of course. And sort of the conservative side is no just citizens. Well, they're pushing for that. Now, if you want to know why, it is not because their hearts are bleeding for the, the, the state of the poor people in the country, illegal or immigrants, as we call them now. I don't think they care a whit about that. It's pure numbers because the United States Congress congressional districts are apportioned according to population. And so the more population you have, in other words, you have one congressman for X number of people. Well, if you have two times X number of people, you get two congressmen, three times three congressmen. And so some of these sanctuary cities that are saturated with people in the country illegally, just through the dent of numbers, can get extra congressional seats. You can add to Congress. Right. And of course, they're all going to vote Democratic. Yes, of course. <laughs> or, or, or at least the preponderance of probability is that they'll end up uh, electing Democratic candidates to the Congress. Oh, speaking of that, I'm going on here, man, but I tell you, I, I got smoke coming out my ears here thinking about some of this stuff. Uh, another thing that's very interesting coming up with the, uh, the uh, election in November, this is a general election. Members of the United States Senate will be up for election, too. And so it is very important to the Democrats that they get a majority in the United States Senate. That's the, the uh, Senate, Jim. The Senate is the only thing holding back wildfire uh, change. Yeah. That's yes. the only but, yeah. uh, bastion of sanity left is the U.S. Senate right now. And that's well, why the uh, Democrats are really, really pushing hard to, to overtake the Senate. All right. And there's a couple of reasons. One is just in general to be in rule, to, to have a Democratic Congress and a Democratic president. Then you do pretty much any way you please. But very high important on there is the Supreme Court. Now, right now, the Supreme Court, uh, you could call it sort of split down the middle. Uh, we, the governor or the president did appoint a couple of members who turn out in some instances to be what wolf in sheep's clothing and end up on the other side. And I think just quickly, I think that's because they see maybe the end coming and they like the job. So mm -hmm. they're going to try to impress the new Congress. Yeah. New Democratic Congress. But, uh, look, we were good. We voted on your side for this. Oh, you can stay. All right, here's the point. Mrs. Ginsburg, poor lady, is very, very ill and should be retired and, and uh, recuperating, recovering. But the Democrats have practically exhumed her to set her up there to hang on to the liberal uh, seats on the Supreme Court. Now, the problem is, if she leaves, when she leaves, and it's inevitable fairly soon, yeah. Uh, unhappily, when she leaves, the president, whoever it is, will get to appoint the next replacement member of the Supreme Court. And one after that, because there's another justice who's going to retire, certainly in the next four years. And so whoever becomes the president gets to appoint the replacements. Now, here's, here's the rub. Any nominee for the Supreme Court has to be approved by the United States Senate, advise and consent. Now, if you have a Democratic-dominated Senate, they are going to approve of anybody that the president sends down to be the member of the Supreme Court. 
It could be Al Sharpton. I don't know. You know, you figure things. It's going to have to be a progressive. I say him. I don't know why it popped into my head. Uh, but but certainly now, if the Republicans hang on to the Senate, then and and uh, they say the president gets reelected, then they get to nominate the Supreme Court. So. This is part of the dismantling system, the progressives say, and they say, we want to dismantle the system. This is dismantling the Supreme Court. Dismantle means take it apart. Yeah. And then you put it back together again. Well, you cannot do that without the Supreme Court's approval. Right. Now, if the Supreme Court is progressive, dominated by that, then they can dismantle the Constitution and do anything you want. Now, they've just about destroyed the First Amendment without really any action because we have acquiesced to it. Then you get the second, the fourth, and you go on and on. These amendments are gone. New ones will be put in and they'll all be to this new leftist utopia that they envision. So again, uh, some of the things that are going on here, this is why it would be very important to say, I'm sick of the presidential race. I'm not going to vote when there are other things. And if there's a Senate race involved in this, and you have strong feelings about whether the country should stay or go left or what, it'd be very important for you to vote. So, so, uh, and I just jotted down this morning, checks and balances. Is it on life support? And maybe <laughs> the, uh, the results of this election are going to answer that question for us, right? Good way to put it. Very good, very good way to put it. You know, I, I tell you something. I know this is theorizing. I have no knowledge of this, but just looking back at history, there, this, in a sense, is a revolution. You could call it that. Uh, certainly, there has been a treasonous attempt to unseat a United States president by the establishment. Now, you, for four years, that's been going on. Uh, it hasn't worked so far. But they're envisioning, especially the far you know, left part of this, uh, what is it, demo-fascist or whatever it is, cabal that's running the, the left, the party. Uh, they uh changing the system is in a sense how far will they go now here's here's the point i get to every revolution that has happened at least that i can think of in history has been preceded by civil disorder which is what we have if the civil disorder is becomes big enough and widespread enough it always contributes to the destabilization of, of the system, of the regime. Now, I go back to Napoleon. Chaos in France when Napoleon appeared. Uh, you get to Nasser in Egypt years ago, who was a colonel in the army. The military took over. Napoleon, military. You get Juan Perón in Argentina. Military. Castro. Mussolini. Hitler. You go on and on. All of these have... The All great they, have, they have they have they have come into power because they are backed by the military. Now, will we ever get to a point, come to a point when the rule in this country is determined by the military? Yeah. History says this is eminently possible. When there is enough chaos, people will not object very strongly to that. You sit and you say, for God's sake, somebody come in and bail us out. We're saying that now in regard to some of these cities, people in the cities are. You know, we don't care who it is. Somebody saved my business, saved my homes. 
Are we approaching that? Now, I think we better stop and think about that, because if this chaos grows and continues, it shows no sign of stopping. There is no end date, no end site, only the political establishment keeping it whipped up. Uh, no. You might be surprised. You, you might end up with a so-called strongman. Yeah. And uh, that just just to stabilize the government. Now, that fits in with what Alexander Titler, the uh, famous Scottish historian, said, that democracies cannot last. In a sense, he says a democracy cannot last because the people screw it up. Right. Now, boy, does that apply to what's going on right now. And so a democracy, he says, is always followed by a dictatorship, often military, because there comes a point to save it from utter collapse the authorities, the strength moves in and takes over. So it's not impossible, not impossible. Fantasy, maybe, but not impossible. Yeah. So I think we're uh, about to wrap things up here for the uh, for the week. Oh, really? I was just, I, just, I thought this was the, the rehearsal, the warm-up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bob, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to be pushy on the dance floor today, I know. But uh, it's, it's just so many things, you know, trying to, trying to deal with in your head what's going on here. And there's so many uncertainties. Oh, and I, I want to do something very quick because I, I wanted to bring this up and I noticed it. I know in New Jersey now, Dino uh, Flamia, our state house reporter, did a story on it yesterday. It was started in Delaware. The people of Delaware were warned not to open packages that arrive or things they haven't ordered. You've seen that, haven't you, that story? And in these packages were seeds. And the packages, anonymous packages left are shipped to you were from China. China, yeah. Now, here, here, is my, here is a thought that I have on this, if I can stretch just a little bit. Is it possible now we have on top of the virus, now I'm fantasizing, of course, but you don't know, maybe it's a germ of something in here. Think about it. That first of all, we had, we could call a Trojan horse, <laughs> just slipped into the country in the form of a virus. Now we have the possibility of a plant disease. They're, they're, they're urging people, please don't plant these. We don't know what is going to grow. So it could cause a widespread plant disease, which would be famine. And so I was looking at this, talk about Trojan horses. There are, they are Trojan horses from the apocalypse. The yeah. first, the virus, is pestilence. And the second, the, the poisonous seeds possibility, that is famine. Right. And so here we have an apocalyptic, apocalyptic Trojan horse situation <laughs> that uh, I don't know. All right. So I fantasized about it. But look out for this now. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to bring it up. If you get these packages, authorities now in all the states are saying, do not open them. And you'll find an anonymous package addressed to you, not much on it except Chinese characters. And so. There again. Are, are we going to get a double whammy now from uh, our good trade partners and friends on the other side? <laughs> hey, Bob, have a great one. You too, Jim. And uh, everybody, thanks for being here. Thanks for all your comments. And obviously, we uh, we do this live every uh, Thursday morning after 1030. Thanks for joining us. We're a little bit late this morning, but appreciate you hanging in there. And you can get this on demand anytime you want at nj1015.com and on our Facebook page. Till next Thursday, Jim. Have a great week. Yeah, God bless everybody. Be with us. Suspend the ordinary rules and bless us. We're in trouble. Thank you.
Gerhardt's back. The more things change, the more they stay the same. From NJ1015.com, this is the new Jim Gerhardt Podcast. 